Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories. Thanks for joining me on Special Edition. I'm Paula Degnan. On this weekend after Thanksgiving, we're going to find out about Medicare because the enrollment period is coming to an end. Odyssey's I'm Listening This Time focused on veterans. We'll also be hearing more about World AIDS Day coming up on Friday, December 1st. Starting us off, though, we introduce you to Dr. Guillermo de la Vega. He's an OBGYN at Healthy Beginnings at Lehigh Valley Health Network in Hazleton. Dr. de la Vega is going to tell us about being healthy as you wait for your bundle of joy. Let's have you begin by explaining just what is the Healthy Beginnings Plus program. Absolutely. So basically, Healthy Beginnings is an in-house pregnancy program. This program is funded by the government. Our team of medical providers include dietitians, social workers, care coordinators, and ultrasound techs that are basically focused on individual needs of the pregnant patients. And when we're talking about such a program, who would qualify for that? Any pregnant person who qualifies for medical assistance uh, will qualify for the program at any time. So you don't have to worry about insurance because I know sometimes, especially for new moms, that's something that is that can be really something that keeps them away from getting help. Absolutely not. Our care coordinators and practice uh, managers uh, can assist the patients uh, with applying for medical assistance so they don't have to delay getting early prenatal care, especially in our community uh, without medical insurance. Uh, and of course, if that's the case, no money is needed to start their care here in South Sydney. Now, you mentioned such a team that you have. So what are some of the services that people would find at Healthy Beginnings? As soon as you walk into the office, you want to be acknowledged by our practice manager. Our medical team is concerned by doctors, nurses, midwives, and physicians assistants. We have two of them and one certified midwife. We have a dietitian that's going to address all the nutrition needs for the patient, a social worker that can address any needs of the patient and their families. The other interesting thing that is that we have an ultrasound and lab work. Everything is done here in our office. They don't need to go to another facility to get those tests done. That's very important for the patient, especially if they don't have any uh, way to move from one office to another. 
We have a, a smoking cessation program too, and drug and alcohol health for patients and family. Childbirth classes and breast pumps are also available. And we even have a room for children if they don't have a fever. When would a yeah. woman go to Healthy Beginnings? When she first finds out she's pregnant or as the pregnancy goes on? Patients can call our office at any time as soon as they find out that they are pregnant because it's very important to they to know what uh, services we offer. Start the prenatal vitamins as soon as possible and get the prenatal care as soon as possible. They can call, call immediately. And a lot of times, too, women who are in that situation of being pregnant, sometimes they have someone that maybe they would like to bring with them. Is it that kind of a welcoming atmosphere at Healthy Beginnings Plus? Absolutely. They can come with a family. We, uh, we usually see the patient with their husband or their partner, of course, who get prenatal care. And another thing, too, is sometimes mom also has other kids. Let's say that you have an appointment to see you or someone else in the facility and they might have to bring the kids along. That happens all the time. Our nurses are very friendly. We have two or three of them here in the beginning. Uh, They usually play with the children and we have a room, a playroom for the children. Now, one of the other things, too, that moms are always concerned about is sometimes they have a high-risk pregnancy and they might be hearing about this and saying, well, what if that's me? Then what do I do? We have the capability here in our office to uh, have video visits with our MSM specialist, maternal system medicine specialist. And we have a, a specialist here in the office that can conduct these appointments uh, in person as well. Where is Healthy Beginnings Plus? Healthy Beginnings is in the 20th North Lawrence Street, and our phone number is 570-459-0082. Again, 570-459-0082. Please call us as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. And I guess one of the other things that women would like to know, too, is when they do get to the point of being able to deliver, where would they do that? We are very close to our Lehigh Valley Family Birth and Newborn Center, 700 Broad Street. We deliver our patients there. It's a very nice facility. And maybe people would like to know a little bit about you. What is your background? I was born in Lima, Peru, raised in Argentina. I'm board certified in OBGYN in my country, Peru, and I'm board certified in OBGYN here in the United States. After finishing my residency, in Philadelphia, in Pennsylvania Hospital. It's such a daunting time sometimes, especially when a woman is having her first pregnancy. So what would you like to leave with our our listeners today, especially when they're hearing about something like Healthy Beginnings Plus for the very first time in order to make them feel a little bit more at ease, especially when they're coming to meet new folks who are going to be responsible for bringing their joy into the world. Absolutely. Uh, Basically, I would like them to know that as soon as you come into the office and into our healthy beginnings office, you are going to find a very friendly staff, nurses with a lot of experience who answer all your questions. You are going to have a personalized care, not only for you, for your family and for your baby to come. Yeah, the same applies for the Lehigh Valley Birth Center in our hospital.
Well, then I'm going to just hand the microphone over to you and you can let all of our listeners know that they are more than welcome where you are, why you are, all of that good information. Thank you very much. Please come to join our family. Again, we're waiting for you. 20th North Lawrence Street. Our phone number is 570-459-0082. Always ask for Dr. De La Vega, for Julie Gandinetti, for Dr. Lisa Puzzo, and Jane Roach. They are here to help you to have a healthy prenatal care and have a healthy delivery with us in the Lehigh Valley Health Network. Healthy beginning. Thanks once again to Dr. Guillermo de la Vega, OBGYN at Healthy Beginnings at Lehigh Valley Health Network in Hazleton. Now we're going to find out about Friday, December 1st, World AIDS Day. Michelle Sandoval Rosario with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Infectious Disease and HIV AIDS Policy explains this year's theme. Michelle, welcome. It's nice to have you here. And first of all, tell us about your position with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Paula, thank you so much for having me this morning. It's great to be here and talk about such an important topic. So again, my name is Michelle, and I am with the Office of the Assistant Secretary for Health with the Office of Infectious Disease and HIV and AIDS Policy. I am part of the HIV.gov team, and I'm very excited today to talk to you about some of the great work um, that we're doing not only in our office, but our partners are doing across the country to address the HIV epidemic. And when we're talking about HIV and the epidemic, it seems, well, things happen, Michelle, and COVID came along and that really took center stage for so long. So where are we in the idea of HIV in the population? Well, thank you, Paula. You know, we've been, um, we've been addressing and working to end the HIV epidemic for over four decades already. And we have made significant advances with technology, with medicine, um, a lot of a lot of advances. But however, as you mentioned, we still see that there are certain populations that continue to be impacted specifically because of the lack of awareness day. So our office in collaboration with many different organizations has really worked hard to try to increase awareness, address stigma, and, you know, I'll get ahead of myself, but one of the exciting days that we are very excited about is World AIDS Day. And as you know, Paula, World AIDS Day falls on December 1st. And it's really an event that serves as a reminder of the global struggle that we need to do and continue to do to end the HIV-related stigma. And it's really an opportunity to provide a platform to raise awareness about the issues we're talking about and the questions you ask and really honor those who have been working for so many years to end the HIV epidemic. So again, we've made a lot of progress, but we still have a lot to go. And when you think about it and you think that polio is still out there and has been here in the United States just within the last year or so, you can understand why it's such an important thing to do in order to continue getting the word out about things. So, Michelle, how are you doing that with World AIDS Day coming up? Well, thank you, Paula. One thing um, I want to mention is the theme for this year. So World AIDS Day, Day 35, the theme is Remember and Commit. And as I mentioned, it really is an opportunity to pay tribute to those who we've lost 
for over four decades. And again, to really emphasize our commitment and to re-energize that we need to continue to do great work as we've been doing for so long. And one of the things that we have been doing um, in our office is we recently launched um, I'm a Work of Art, which is a vibrant public awareness campaign that encourages people with HIV who are not in care or fallen out of care to seek care, stay in care, and achieve viral suppression using HIV medicine. Because the reality is, Paula, that we still have individuals today who believe HIV AIDS is a death sentence. That's not the case today. We have medications that people can take every day that will keep them alive, help them thrive. So we have developed this campaign both in English and Spanish. In Spanish, the version of the campaign is called Celebro Mi Salud to really increase awareness that, you know, get tested. If you test positive, stay in treatment and you can thrive and live a healthy life. And the beautiful thing about this campaign, it's a storytelling. So it really highlights individuals from the community who are really telling their journey and how they've been able to accomplish and have done so much and continue to thrive. And again, as I mentioned, one of the things that really impacts our community is stigma and the lack of awareness. And we're working really, really hard with our other federal partners and community to address that and really educate our communities that are disproportionately impacted by HIV. And speaking of that, focusing on Hispanic and Latino communities, is that part of this campaign? Absolutely. As I mentioned, um, Paula, the campaign um, Celebro Mi Salud, which is Spanish language, of I'm a work of art, really does uh, tailor and, and speaks to the Hispanics and the Latinx, the Latino community, because as we know, unfortunately, despite the, the great work we've done for so many decades, we see that Hispanic and Latinos continue to be disproportionately affected by HIV when we look at other and compare them to other racial and ethnic groups. And just to give our audience uh, and listeners a sense of what that looks like, we know that here in the U.S., Hispanics and Latinos represent about 18.5% of the population. However, when you look at those new cases, we know that 30% of new HIV infections are among Hispanic and Latinos. So it really shows us that we need to do a better work in engaging, normalizing discussions when we talk about getting tested, staying into treatment, and we're, we're really trying to get the message out through this beautiful campaign that we've created in collaboration with community members. So I really encourage our audience, if they haven't had a chance to visit HIV.gov, listen to the campaign, share it with their communities, share it with their, their brothers, their sisters, their families, um, their church colleagues. It's a really beautiful campaign, really highlighting some beautiful stories. And as a matter of fact, I'm on the website right now, HIV.gov, and looking at all of the different things that you have done in the past, as well as what you have coming up for World AIDS Day. And what exactly does Day 35 mean? So Day 35, again, it's just, um, it's actually World AIDS Day 35. So the first World AIDS Day took place in 1983. Um, when we talk about 35 years ago. So it's been many years, and it's really, again, reflecting on all those years that we've had World AIDS Day since the first year, 1988, and remembering all the work that we, the great work and the work that we still need to continue to do. I think I knew that, but I guess I just couldn't understand that it's really been since 1988 
that's really quite a span of time. And here we are. And from your perspective and the perspective of HIV.gov, do you think that things like this are still I know they're prevalent, but again, we're talking about so many other things that have come along, the RSVs and the COVIDs and all these other things. And sometimes things like AIDS and HIV aren't as at the forefront that they were. That's a great point. And absolutely, you know, unfortunately, um, there are many other emerging public health threats that we continue to experience. One of them is COVID, and we're still in COVID. But one of the things we have to remember is that there's so much we can learn from the work that our partners have done to address the HIV-AIDS epidemic since the early 80s. So there's definitely work that we can learn from them. Also, there are things we can continue to learn from what we experienced, as you mentioned, with COVID. You know, we had COVID for almost three years, and there's definitely things that we can learn. And that's why we're here today. We want to raise awareness and continue to say, although we've had these other public health threats, we need to continue to focus and really raise awareness um, about HIV and AIDS, about getting tested, stay, get, seeking treatment, and staying in treatment, because the reality, is, the reality is that we have all the tools we need to end HIV, and we can do that. So we want to continue to work hard to raise awareness. But I hope those of you that are listening take an opportunity, take a couple minutes, go on HIV.gov. If you're not familiar with HIV or, you know, what are some resources, go there. It's a great website where you can learn so much. We have campaigns, and we also highlight other great work that our partners are doing, not only across the nation, but across the world. What can our listeners do in order to recognize World AIDS Day? I think the most important, number one, is learn. Be open to learning. Again, visit HIV.gov if you haven't had a chance. If this is new to you, if you do not know about our campaign, about I'm a work of art, Celebro Mi Salud, learn about it. Talk to it about your neighbors, your coworkers, your colleagues, your friends. Again, really help us raise awareness because you all will help us end the HIV epidemic. Thanks once again to Michelle Sandoval Rosario with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Infectious Disease and HIV AIDS Policy. This year's theme, World AIDS Day 35. Remember and commit World AIDS Day, Friday, December 1st. Now, don't go away. When we come back, we are going to continue Odyssey's I'm Listening series. This time, it's focused on veterans. And you'll be able to hear about the national nonprofit home-based program coming up on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Throughout the month of November, we have been honoring veterans, and now Odyssey's I'm Listening is focused on veterans. Odyssey's David O'Leary is joined by Brigadier General Jack Hammond. They're here to talk about the national nonprofit home base program. This is Odyssey's I'm Listening, our commitment to inspire more conversations about mental health. I'm David O'Leary. It's great to have you with us. November, we honor our veterans, and we also acknowledge the elevated risk for mental health issues and suicide among our veteran population. 
Brigadier General Jack Hammond joins us to speak on behalf of the Home Base Program, a national nonprofit dedicated to healing the invisible wounds of war for veterans of all eras. General Hammond, great to speak with you. Thanks for being with us today. Oh, no, thank you, David. Appreciate your time today. Hey, how we talk about suicide and, and mental health, that has changed a little bit in, in recent years. There's still a ways to go, but we're, we're more fluent in the conversation to talk about these things, to be able to identify problems. Is, do you see that in, uh, in your line of work in, in, in terms of our veterans? I think we see it not only with the, our veterans, and it's funny because a lot of times the military leads medicine in certain directions based out of necessity and innovation, et cetera. Uh, and, and it's happened throughout our history. And when you, when you think of things like penicillin, x-rays, and all these things that came about as a result of World War I and, and so forth. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for these wars, these most recent wars, uh, the mental health and brain injury aspect has been brought to the forefront for uh, some pretty rough reasons. I mean, we, we've lost 150,000 veterans to suicide since 9-11. Um, we've had a half a million veterans with traumatic brain injuries, which we know oftentimes will then lead to suicidal ideations based upon some of the issues they're, they're feeling. And so mm-hmm. the, the Army and the DOD have taken this quite seriously because, you know, when you start, when you lose 20 to 30 to 40 people a day to suicide on a national basis, that, that's a red flag. Yeah, that will turn some heads. And these risk factors, I guess, were always out there for our veterans coming back from service and, you know, in, in combat. It's just now that we're more aware of them and, and maybe now acknowledging them a little bit more freely and openly in the last, you know, couple of years. I think so. I, I mean, you know, people have been traumatized since, you know, people fighting with axes and shields, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's pretty horrific stuff. And people have been getting blown up since people invented gunpowder. And, I think the, the reality is, um, on the suicide part of it, it was such a taboo in so many religions, first of all, that even if it happened, people kept it hushed up. Kept and, the lid you know, on it, sure. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of well-intentioned police officers and firemen that responded to scenes where somebody may have taken their life, rather than put the family through the challenges of dealing with that, and, you know, you look at insurance and other reasons, you know, they, they, they'll, they'll come up with another euphemism for it, yeah. you know, died suddenly. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Sure. And, and so I think it's I, I think we've, we've kind of normalized the injury, but certainly within the military. And I think that's helped with the general population, because when you when you have these conversations about suicide very publicly and the debates about the care and the need for care, you start realizing, number one, you need to do something about it. But I think the underlying issue that we're dealing with is mental health care is the worst reimbursed area of medicine. Ah. And so we've got the least alternatives to deal with something, arguably, that's a life-threatening injury, right? I mean, if all these people are taking their lives without adequate care, that's a life-threatening situation. The access to care piece, even finding clinicians and caregivers, even if you have insurance, even if you have resources, can be a real challenge. And I think that's something people have become aware of in the last couple of years as we're, we're all much more keenly aware of our mental health and anxiety and you know, all these other things. And trying to get care is a real struggle sometimes. It's, it's a huge struggle. And, and the other part is, you know, as you pointed out, it's not covered. So there's a barrier to care. I mean, if you've if you've got $500 an hour, you'll probably be able to find the right person. But the reality is most of them are generalists, mm-hmm. uh, and that's by design. And it's one of the few areas of medicine, right, 
that that's allowed to take place. It's almost like, you know, back in the 1930s where all you really had to go see was your general practitioner and they pretty much right. did everything. Um, right. But that's where it is with mental health. Yeah. And so if you're a licensed social worker, psychologist, a psychiatrist, you have met the requirements to treat literally anything, even though you mm -hmm. don't have the proper tools. And, and this is no disparaging comments towards them. They're doing the best they can, and thank God we have them. Right. It's just you wouldn't go see a pediatrician if you had stage 3 colon cancer. Right. And the, and the complicated nature of the trauma that so many people are, are facing, whether in the military or out, you need someone that's trained and certified just as you would be in cancer care or cardiac care. You deserve to be cared for somebody that's equipped to deal with the complexities of the issues you have. And, and frankly, we just don't see it. And the, and the end result is an absence of the appropriate care leading to an increase in suicide. Boy, that's really well put. I mean, for all the talk that we have about normalizing this conversation around mental health and talking about uh, mental health the way we talk about our physical health, it's all well and good, but the treatment of mental health is very different than the treatment of, of physical health. And if we don't have the caregivers, we're kind of back where we started. And if you look on the heels of that, right, one of the byproducts of mental health challenges is substance use. Yeah, there's a lot of shared real estate. And we see that, and probably 60% of the folks that we care for have some level of some sub, you know, whether it's, you know, it, it's you, a lot more often than not, it's self-indulgence and, and, you know, self-medicating with alcohol or sometimes prescription drugs or, or, or worse when it gets into the illegal drugs. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes those lead to those self-harm suicides. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a little bit about the elevated risk among our, our veterans, because there is more to it than just, you know, being, uh, you know, close to munitions and, and, and things like that in the service itself in general. And the, and sometimes the culture, I think you and I have spoken before about the, the culture that can tend to lead to that. Get back out there and, and do your job. And we're not going to talk about this. I know that's changing. But can you talk a little bit about why those who serve may be at, uh, at elevated risk? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a few reasons. Number one, you know, elevated exposures, right? You've got folks, we deal very closely with our special operations forces. And right now, you know, if you look at a, a Green Beret, a Navy SEAL, a, a member of Delta Force that, you know, is at the 20, 25-year mark, they've got 20 years of combat. They've got 15 to 20 combat deployments, and, and they've experienced some pretty traumatic issues. Beyond that, I think more to the point you were making, it's also, you know, we're, we're self-starters, we're self-reliant, and, and we play hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, and so traditionally, you know, you, you kind of, there's a mentality we call, you know, you got to suck it up. So there's a difference between being hurt and injured. If you're hurt, you have to suck it up. If you're injured, you require medical attention. Mm -hmm. And too often, people confuse the two when it comes to mental health. Ah. You know what I mean? Because... If you fracture your ankle and there's a bone sticking through, there's no discussion. You're, you're injured. You need to be medevac. You're off right? the field, yeah. But if you pull a muscle, you're hurt, and they expect you to keep moving, right? right? Where there's no physical injury that's visible, people assume a mental health issue, you're just a little bit hurt, and, and you're not injured. Right. And so that goes on for a little bit, and, and when it doesn't get better, it, it does get worse. And the longer you deal with it without treating it or, or responding to it, the more problems you have. And so I think that's kind of at the center of it, because even if all the best leaders in the world want to do the right thing by the service members, yeah. 
we're sometimes our own worst enemy because we don't want to admit failure. We don't want to admit that we can't solve a problem that we're facing because, you know, by definition, especially when we get into our special operators, they get sent into no-fail situations routinely. And that's kind of our mantra, right? Never accept defeat. Failure is not an option. So on a personal side, when you're not able to cope with something, you're not able to overcome it, it feels like a failure, and nobody wants to admit defeat on that. You know, back to uh, to care just a minute. One of the things that home base provides is at, at a thing called the Training Institute is you work with caregivers and healthcare professionals on a lot of different areas in terms of treating those who have served, how to talk about military culture and training on PTSD and, and all of the things that, that we're talking about. So it seems as if home base is working to try to create more care or more options for care for those who struggle. Yeah, we approach that two different ways. And so you've touched on it. So some of them are very intensive training programs that are certification, uh, providing clinical capability and capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that's obviously a very extensive process. And, and we've been working with clinicians in Massachusetts, in Florida. We're starting to work in Arizona to help build clinical capability where there's an absence of that. And that, that can take six months. But what we've also done is a lot of individual trainings to help with military culture, to help with pieces of the training and the clinical experience, help raise the level a bit. And we've provided training to more than 85,000 clinical providers in in a various different uh, range of activities and and, and therapies just to give them a little bit of help. And, and, you know, basically you're familiar with the CEUs and the, the, you know, the um, medical training that you've got to do each year. Mm -hmm. This goes towards that, and we don't charge, so it's kind of an enticement to come work on our stuff so they're better prepared to treat veterans because otherwise you've got to go pay to get your CEUs. We offer them at no cost, and and we we offer them in areas that we think there's a gap and and needs attention. Yeah. We should note uh, the the care that home base provides for veterans of all eras and service members and families, which is so important, and families of the fallen, regardless of era of service or status or geographical location, it's all provided free of charge, which is no uh, no small thing. That's really really something amazing. Can can you talk about serving families and working with families and their part to play when someone is struggling and and how they're impacted when someone's struggling? Yep. So. You, you touched on it right at the get-go. So families are a central theme to all the care we provide, whether they are seeking care themselves or the veteran is seeking care, because we know it, it's kind of an ecosystem. If you, if you only address part of the family, the injury has cascaded throughout the entire family. Hmm. Many of our veterans feel like they're suffering in silence, but their family knows they're not doing well and their behaviors are impacting everybody. And the longer this goes on, the longer the impact takes place. So we have very specialized programs for military-connected children. We've got programs for spouses, uh, parents, family members, couples. So we approach it from a range of areas. Then when we looked, one of the things we looked at a few years ago was on our national programs, and this this goes to the point that you mentioned, all of our programs are, are absolutely free to the veterans and military family members that need them. We have a two-week intensive clinical program that we've now operated for seven years that flies 24 veterans in from across the country and and anywhere in the world at no cost. So there's absolutely zero cost to it. It's the best clinical program in the country, bar none, and it's free. Mm. And so if you're a U.S. veteran and you feel like you've got PTSD, you need to call us and our folks will sort that with you. And we'll get you in the queue, but we we, we assume all the costs for airfare, lodging, meals, 
and all the treatment. About five years ago, uh, a national organization called Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors, which is an umbrella group for families of our fallen, they have a subset of families that are surviving members of suicide, not just losing their service member, they lost them to suicide. Mm -hmm. We created a very specialized program initially for the military spouses, primarily military wives, all too often either witnessed the suicide or walked in and found the remains. Mm. By far some of the most injured people we we treat at home base. Mm -hmm. And we designed a 14-day intensive clinical program for it where we compressed nearly two years of therapy into the 14-day period with dramatic results. Um, And we've now been running that for about five years with great, great success. Um, I want to, in, in the short time we have left, point people to how to get care. If you're listening, of course, and you're struggling at this moment, call 988. But if you'd like to find out more about these programs or how to support them or how to avail yourself or someone you love of them, homebase.org, is that the, the, the best place to, to start? That, that is the best way. Homebase.org, you'll see a button in there. One of the first things you'll see is connect to care. And so if you have any doubt, if you, if you, and, and, you, know, you can obviously peruse the website and see the various programs we have. And they, they really do range from very light programs that get people just reconnected to other veterans and military family members mm-hmm. to uh, resiliency-based programs that are now, with the advent of Zoom, um, we, can now, we now run these nationally. And they focus on stress reduction, anxiety reduction. With military-connected children, it also gets into self-esteem building. Uh, and then you get into the actual clinical care programs. And we have partnerships in across Massachusetts and Southwest Florida. We're soon to have some outpatient clinical care in Arizona. But the big ones are the national programs where we fly you to Boston. And, and essentially, you, you, you press the Connect to Care button and somebody will reach out with you in a few days and connect with you and talk you through the process. Mm. You are not alone. That's the thing to, to, to know here. That's the key. Yeah, homebase.org to find out just a little bit more. General Brigadier General Jack Hammer retired as U.S. Army Brigadier General, multiple combat commands, and has uh, dedicated his life's work to, uh, to saving lives and the good work of home base. It's great to talk to you, Jack. Thanks for all you do. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you, David. appreciate all the work you're doing as well. If you or someone you know is struggling with depression or anxiety, there is always someone there. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 988. I'm David O'Leary, and this is Odyssey's I'm Listening. The enrollment period for Medicare is coming to a close. We have the details of what you need to know and do next on Special Edition. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Be 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Don't let the Medicare enrollment period run out. Shannon Hills Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services has what you need to know. Shannon, welcome. Talking Medicare. Open enrollment is going to be running out December 7th. So for anybody who hasn't done anything yet, what would you say should be the first thing that they do after they hear our interview? The first thing they should do is to go to medicare.gov or call 1-800-MEDICARE. We want to really help people, to remind people to start here for unbiased information. We know that this is a busy time of year. Information is coming from many different sources on Medicare. And we really want to remind folks that medicare.gov and 1-800-MEDICARE are the official unbiased sources for information on Medicare. And we want to make sure that people are getting that unbiased information so that they're able to make the best decisions about their prescription drugs and healthcare coverage. Well, Shannon, as someone who has just gone through all of this for the very first time, I must say, First of all, I think you need a crystal ball because (laughs) when you look at these things, you look at it and you say, well, today is today, but how do I even know what's going to happen in the future? That's so true, Paula. The good news is that Medicare open enrollment comes around every year. And that's why it's so important that every year that individuals review their current coverage as well as compare other plans. Because you're right, unexpected things do happen. And really being able to have that side-by-side comparison. Yes, the prescription drugs that you're taking today are important, but by doing that side-by-side comparison, It will provide information on other health plan needs that really allows individuals to make the best decision possible. And I know that there are many people out there who say to me, I can't listen to your programs after they air because I don't have a computer. So now what do you do? You call 1-800-MEDICARE. We're so excited that this number is available for individuals because sometimes even if you do have a computer available, you would just rather talk with someone. So 1-800-MEDICARE, those lines are open 24 hours a day, even on weekends. And so it provides that information. I know you mentioned, Paula, that individuals may not have a computer, but maybe if they can go to a library or have a family member that has a computer, they can also get information through their local state health insurance program. So individuals in their community, they would find that by going to shiphelp.org. From there, they can make an appointment. They're able to speak with someone over the phone. And appointments are also available in person through the SHIP program if that's more convenient for individuals. And let's, while we have the time, also 
shift gears a little bit and talk about just the Part D, which is the drug program. And that, again, I'm taking these drugs today. I might not take them tomorrow, and I might need other ones in the future. So now, Shannon, again, where's my crystal ball? (laughs) The good news is when you go to Medicare.gov, for those who do have access to the Internet, or call 1-800-MEDICARE. You can put in your prescription drugs that you're taking today. You can also, if you wanted to say, what are some other prescription drugs? Maybe there are individuals that you know that take other prescription drugs. You can put all of those in um, and to see what plans cover those drugs, what the cost share is. When you are on one, when you are on Medicare.gov, there is a section where you click find help now. And that is the tool that you would utilize to put in those various types of medications. So it could be the ones you're on now, as well as other prescription drugs, which really allows you just to investigate and to explore compare plans and to see the one that is most comprehensive. And of course, it is that time of year where there are plenty of commercials out there talking about these Medicare supplements. So I know it would take us a long time to go through all of this, but is there an overview where you might be able to tell our listeners just about what a supplement does or should do? So the Medicare program, there is, Original Medicare, which covers parts A and B, so that is hospital coverage, doctor visits, etc. Then you have Medicare Advantage, which has to cover everything that original Medicare covers and also has additional, may have additional benefits, maybe additional benefits such as vision, hearing, or other types of plans. Then there is Medicare Part D, which is the prescription drug plan. So an individual who has original Medicare can also enroll in Medicare Part D, or if they're in a Medicare Advantage plan, prescription drugs may be covered. So as you mentioned, Paula, this is a lot of information, and we know that sometimes it can be overwhelming for individuals. So that's why it's so important to go to Medicare.gov or to call 1-800-MEDICARE or to contact the local SHIP office at shiphelp.org. The reason that's so important is we really want individuals to have that unbiased information and to really consider these sources as the first step where they should go to receive information because we don't want them to feel confused or to be concerned about who should I listen to Go to those official sources for information, for unbiased help, whether it is online, whether it's talking with an individual or in a local community with the SHIP program, being able to have someone sit down with you in person. Now, the enrollment period for open enrollment is coming up and it will be over December 7th. So what happens if someone says, gosh, darn it, Shannon, I missed it? individuals may have to wait until the next open enrollment period. So Paula, we don't want anyone to miss it. We want everyone to be able to review their coverage now. We don't want them to potentially have to wait until next year. The Thanksgiving holidays are right around the corner. So this is a wonderful opportunity 
if individuals are meeting with loved ones and family to sit down, review this information with them. So the takeaway message is don't wait. Go to Medicare.gov, call the 1-800 number, 1-800-MEDICARE. We don't want anyone to potentially have to wait until next year to review or change their prescription drugs or health coverage. So by December 7th, it's really important to review their current coverage. Thanks once again to Shannon Hills, Regional Administrator for the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. And don't forget, the Medicare enrollment ends December 7th. You can find out more at Medicare.gov. That time of the year when everyone is getting ready for the holiday season. And there are many organizations, especially helping children to have a very happy holiday. Our sister station, 98.5 KRZ-FM, one of those trying to get the word out and get the good things in so that we can bring them to the children through local organizations. Tori Thomas is 98.5's promotion director, and she's here to tell us how you can help. Tori's here, and you are playing the part of one of Santa's elves along with so many other folks. What have you got that's going on? This is so cool. We've been doing this for a number of years at 98.5 KRZ. It's called KRZ Cares for Kids. And essentially, uh, we are helping out some area agencies that have children under their care. And those are Luzerne County Children and Youth, the Domestic Violence Service Center, Luzerne County Head Start, and new this year, the Outreach Center for Community Resources in Scranton. Now, they've got a ton of needy children under their care. So what we do is right around October-ish, we send them a template where the kids can use to write a letter to Santa Claus. When we get all of the letters back, we scan them individually and upload them as links onto the KRZ website. And then we ask our listeners to go there and take a peek at the letters. And if one speaks to them, they can quote unquote adopt it. So basically what happens is our listeners are fulfilling wishes to the children under the care of those agencies. And it's been hugely successful. And we even had to pivot uh, with COVID. In the past, uh, we used to have folks bring all of the Christmas gifts to the radio station. And then we'd have the agencies come once the deadline passed and pick them up. But now what we do is we just have um, our listeners deliver the presents directly to the agencies. And it's just, it's, it warms your heart to see how generous the KRZ listeners really are. Well, now I can officially tell you that the other listeners to our local Odyssey stations are also going to be very generous because You've just expanded it to more than just KRZ. So if someone is listening and they would like to find out how they can get involved, where would they go, Tori? Um, Go to 985krz.com and right on the homepage, you will see the KRZ Cares for Kids banner. And by the way, we got to thank the folks at Wayne Bank who um, are presenting it this year. They helped us out greatly with this. Um, So, yeah, that page has all the information you need and all of the letters that are still available for adoption. And speaking of those letters, can you give us a little bit of an idea of what the kids are looking for what they're asking for, toys, clothes, a mix mash of all kinds of things? 
And that's kind of the thing that's a bit heartbreaking um, to see when you get in there and start looking at the letters. Um, you know, some of them are your standard things that kids would want for Christmas, maybe a video game or something like that. But others are bare bone basics. Uh, they need clothes. They need school supplies. It's just it's really heartbreaking to see these basic needs that these kids have uh, that they need to to reach out to get. Once the person goes on and checks out, do they have to then let you know what letter they picked? How does that work? Yeah, there's actually, when they get on the page, there's step-by-step instructions on how to do it. But essentially, what they there's an email address on there that is special to this program. It's called Cares for Kids at 985krz.com. What they'll do is they will email me at that email address, tell me what letter they want to adopt. I make sure it's still available because these change often. You know, we take the most recent, I'm sorry, we take the oldest one in because the request comes several times a day. So the first one to request a letter is the one that's going to get it. I will send a confirmation email saying, yep, you want it, letter 20. Letter 20 is available. And I give them step-by-step instructions on how to proceed from there. And then what happens when they do purchase the items that the kids are looking for? That's where it's a little bit different than it had been when we first started this program. Um, Each agency has their own method for delivery of toys and presents underneath their care. For example, the Luzerne County Head Start has a window with which you can deliver the presents. Uh, Luzerne County Children and Youth, along with the Domestic Violence Service Center and the Outreach Center for Community Resources, all give you a phone number and an email address where you set up an appointment to drop off the present. In each case, I believe the deadline is going to be somewhere around December 8th, where you need to get the presents to their agencies. Okay, so if anybody is listening, we want to make sure that they are getting on that right now. And anything else, Tori, that you think we are our listeners and all the new listeners that you've just received today, uh, the need to know about this? Yeah, I mean, if there's a letter available and they want to adopt it, but maybe there's one or two presents on the letter that they can't fulfill for whatever reason, don't feel like you have to buy every single present a child has listed. Trust me when I tell you anything that you do for these children, just a couple of items on their wish list, they would be so appreciative. Well, you're the lady in charge, so I'm going to let you issue the invitation for folks to check it out, the where, the when, and I think we all know the why. Yeah, please go to 985krz.com and click on the Cares for Kids banner and peruse the available letters and please try and help out these needy children this holiday season. Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 